chapter 2, page 15, is where we are in our workbook of Fundamentals of the Faith. Last week, we spoke briefly on preparation and getting the most out of each chapter in our study. And a reminder of that again, just some very simple reminders as we go through each chapter from your perspective that will help you and help me as we study together. So spend some time with your Bible, read and fill in the blanks in your workbook for each week's study. Second, if you can find time, listen to a downloaded sermon from John MacArthur on, and this one is How to Know the Bible. He preached a a sermon on this years ago. You can find that at gty.org forward slash FOF. That really gives context to the chapter. And then third, of course, memorize verses for each chapter. not going to hold your feet to the fire on it, but I'm going to encourage you as best I can for memorizing Scripture. It's a life changer for you and for me when we bring it into our thoughts. So again, when we apply those elements, it really does make a difference in the particular doctrines that we are going to go through in this book. So thus far in our study, we've looked at a couple of things. First, we looked at the biblical timeline from creation to future eternity and some of the events in between. We did that two weeks ago. And then last week, chapter one, we spent time on how we got the Bible from the beginning of the Lord's thoughts from his mind, inspired to the writers as he revealed himself all the way through the original manuscripts of the Bible to the 66th book of the Bible, the canon of the Scripture, how we got that. So today and next week, we're going to look at chapter 2, how to know the Bible. So on page 15 in your workbook, a memory verse, very, very important memory verse for us. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God a worker who is not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's our verse for today and for next week. You know how to know the Bible takes work. Don't let anybody else tell you it's not. It's hard work. As a matter of fact, Arthur Pink once said this that's applicable for tonight. He said, No verse of Scripture yields its meaning to lazy people, quote-unquote. It's hard work. So much so that Paul, through the inspiration of the Spirit, said just that, 2 Timothy 2.15. Look at it in your workbook. Be diligent. That, by the way, means to give a maximum effort. To present yourselves approved. That's proven after being tested. To God, as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, that's the feeling of pain of doing something wrong, handling accurately the word of truth. Reading is one thing. We'll talk about that more here in a bit. Studying it is a completely different thing. But both are important. 
As a matter of fact, one day we will be before the Lord at the mercy seat, not the great white throne judgment, that's for unbelievers. And we will give an account for how we accurately handled the word of truth. That's why Paul wrote this particular verse through the inspiration of the Spirit. Do we all do as well as we can in studying? No. Can we do better? Most likely. I think so. It's just a matter of being committed to it. Because nobody can do that for us but us. No, we can be in Bible study groups. We can be in a group setting like this. And we can hold each other accountable. But when it comes right down to it, we disperse, we go our own way, go home and live our lives. And then what do we do when we have some spare time? When we read or how we study? It, that comes down to us. Nobody can feed our soul like ourselves. There's no one who will spend as much time with us than us. Because quite frankly, we can't get away from ourselves. We're always around us, ourselves. Jerry Bridges said, Reading gives us breadth. Study gives us depth. Quote, unquote, he's right. Reading gives us breadth. Study gives us depth. So it's vital for every Christian to know how to study the Bible. You and I should be able to dig into Scripture to glean and gain all the riches that are waiting there. You ever looked at it that way? Have you ever looked at the Bible as having riches there waiting to be mined? That can be difficult to think of because we get distracted. We have a lot of things to think about. And a lot of things are vying for our attention. But there's treasure there waiting for us. And Scripture is a tremendous resource. You and I will never have a better resource than the Bible. Because it contains God's truths. It contains things of who He is, how He thinks, what He does, how He created, and what He's going to do are some of the topics in the Bible waiting for you and I to find out what's in there. And we shouldn't handicap ourselves in our own ability to study Scripture for ourselves. I grew up in a religion where I was not encouraged to read the Bible. I was encouraged to listen to church leaders and the priests. As a matter of fact, I was even told that I can't understand the Bible. And in some ways that is correct because I wasn't saved. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. He's spiritually appraised. He can't understand it. But on the other side of that, an individual can't understand it once they are brought into God's family through salvation through the Lord Jesus. So the more Scripture understood, the more one will know the Lord. Master the Bible will master our life. Master what the Bible says, we'll know what God wants us to do in principle. Everything you and I will come across in our life is found in the Bible, either specifically or in principle. It's there for us.
deepen your knowledge of the Lord, also the quieter your soul will be. You'll find yourself less rattled. You'll find yourself calmer. I'm not saying you'll never be anxious, but you'll find yourself less anxious because as you read through the Bible and as I read through the Bible, over and over again, the Lord is saying how He directs our steps and He ordained all our steps and brought this to pass and He's bringing it to us for His glory. And you know what He wants from us? Two things. A humble heart and a trust in Him to go through the unknowns. The Bible teaches us and instructs us how to do that. So, that's this chapter, how, how to know the Bible. In your book, The How of Learning, see that there? In your workbook, The How of Learning and Applying the Scripture to Life is something every Christian should know. This lesson covers five ways to make the Bible yours. Hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, and meditating. Compare those five methods of learning Scripture to the fingers on your hand. If you hold the Bible with only two fingers, it's easy to lose your grip. But as you use more fingers, your grasp of the Bible becomes stronger. Pretty simple illustration, but a clear one. So when I read the Bible, we'll just call that the thumb, and that's all I do. Pretty hard to pick something up. When I study it, then I got a better grip. can pick it up. Right? And, and when I not only hear and read and I study, I, there's a better grip. Memorize better. Meditating. Best. That's why it's hard work. Because let's be honest. We're sinners and we don't want to do that. Right? Yeah. But the more you and I read it, we hear it and read it and study it and memorize it and meditate on it, there's something in there that wants more. That's the work of the Spirit moving us towards heaven to be like His Son. Because that's what we're doing. We're walking each day. This day's basically done. Yesterday's gone, can't get it back. So today we're another day closer to heaven. And tomorrow, Lord willing, is that. But the more that we draw near to that day, and the more we know our Bibles, the better the life here is in a sense of seeing how the Lord works. Notice I didn't say it gets easier. Life doesn't necessarily get easier. If not, it gets harder. It's interesting our salvation, isn't it? Because our salvation is easy because it's all on Christ, His work, His indwelling Spirit, His leading. But yet it's hard. You know why it's hard? We have to deny ourselves. We have to deny our dreams. We have to desire, uh, deny our desires and our preferences oftentimes, and we don't want to. That's what makes it hard. So we've got that, 
easy heart. That's the life of a Christian. But the more we read, the more we study, the more we'll see that's the way God has us here until we get there. Turn to page 16. Page 16, why, why to know the Bible or reasons for understanding the Bible? Let's look at these. We, we've talked about some of them, but a little bit more detail. 2 Timothy 2.15, that's our memory verse for this week. Be diligent to present yourselves, prove to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. From that verse, what is a reason for knowing the Bible? What do you think? From that particular verse, what's the reason that verse gives us for knowing the Bible? Absolutely. Because one day we'll meet the Lord. There's one above that. Knowing truth. Yep. Not only knowing truth, which is right, but correctly discerning the truth. Knowing the Bible gives discernment. Knowing the Bible gives insight and practical application of knowledge. Knowing the Bible carefully scrutinizes between right and wrong. So when someone comes up to you and me, or we hear somebody say something, we read somebody writing something, what is it that they're saying? The less we're in the Bible, the less discerning we are. The more we're in the Bible, right, dividing the truth, we can discern what they're saying is either true or not true. Let me ask you this. Is that something that you want for yourself? To be able to discern the truth? Or not? Or do you want someone else to give you the truth so they can discern it for you? That's the only question we can answer individually in our own thoughts. Because how we answer that is what then we'll do. If we want to discern something for ourselves, okay, I need, to, I need to be more committed to this. If I think, oh, I'm fine, then I won't be. And you know what the Bible says about that? For people like that, what are they tossed like? To and fro with every wind of doctrine. Well, that's probably right. They talk about Jesus. No, that, I think they're actually right because they did talk about going to heaven. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. So for your own soul, studying the Bible gives you truth and discernment. The second reason is 1 Peter 2.2 2. Verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, like a newborn babe, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Okay? From that verse, what is a reason to know the Bible? Know the truth. Know the truth and grow. 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 2 Peter 3.18, Peter said this, May you grow in the grace 
and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 You know how to stunt growth? Don't desire the truth and don't spend time around it. We're either growing or we're not. When we eat, we get stronger because the Lord gives us nutrients and vitamins in the food that we eat so that our body stays healthy. When we don't, we get weak and we're not as strong. Same thing for the soul. So 1 Peter 2, 2, to grow. Third reason, Psalm 119, 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. What's a reason to... To know the Bible? Not, don't sin against God. It helps us to see what He hates and what He loves. It helps me to not sin. And so we'll run across things like in Proverbs. In Proverbs 6, the Bible says, There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that buys his wicked plans, feet that run to do evil, a false witness that speaks lies, and sowing discord among the brethren. He hates that when we're prideful. And notice he lists lying twice. He hates lying. He hates when Christians sow discord among each other. He hates it. He hates it when hands shed innocent blood. Nobody's going to get away with anything who have murdered innocent people, including what's going on now in the Middle East. Unless the people who murdered these people repent and be converted, they will pay for that when they meet God at the great white throne judgment. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. So we've seen three things. Reasons to know the Bible. Discernment. To grow. Not sin. And Psalm 119.38. Fear God. Makes one aware to fear God. When's the last time in your mind as a Christian you and I feared God. For the unbeliever, fear of judgment and death is waiting for them. For us, our fear is reverential fear. Not judgment that was on the work of the Lord Jesus. But when we read the Bible and we sin knowingly, we basically are insurrectionists against God and we have no fear of Him when we sin. In Ecclesiastes 3.14, the Bible says, This I know, what the Lord does is forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. What the Lord does, 
He does so that men may fear before Him. Fear. The Bible teaches us that. Sometimes we're in studies so much, we're in Bible groups so much, through the course of time, we have to be careful in a Bible teaching church that we only talk about grace and mercy and compassion of God. God is also just and righteous and to be feared and wrath is coming. Jesus said that in Matthew 3, 7. His coming wrath. That helps us to get our mind right, to think right. Because we are bombarded with the world that never speaks of that. If rarely. Fifth one, fifth reason. So, number one, discernment to grow. Number two, not sin. Number three, fear God's. Number four, and Psalm 119, 105, a classic verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What, what does that verse mean? He's the way. He's the way and He has a way for us. So by looking at Scripture, we can determine His will for us. We can, we can know that. Ephesians 5.17, Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is for you. In principle, we may not know, well, do I marry this girl? Do I take this job? Do I marry this man? Do I move to this town? Do I buy this house? All those principles are in the Bible. They're all there. Doesn't necessarily say in the Bible, yeah, you need to by the time you're 47 buy a house. It doesn't say that, but it does say, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. I'm going to trust the Lord and He's faithful to me. And I'm going to ask Him to look for providence to confirm or to deny the decision I need to make. That's why it's good to have Christian friends. Because you and I can go to Christian friends and we can say, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Or would you pray for me? So the Bible comes and says this, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. The more people we trust in our circle of friends and we can talk to them, there's safety there as we listen to them, give their thoughts based on what the Scriptures say and providence. So those are, those are five reasons to know the Bible. To understand it, those are pretty good. Questions, thoughts? Section two, how to know the Bible. And before I... we. We start there. Look at the little box above. We study the Scripture because it is sufficient. The Bible is sufficient. The Bible is enough. The Bible is complete. And as we were talking about last week, 
Do I think that's true? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Do I believe that? Do you believe that? If we do, then it's sufficient. If we don't, then we look to our friends or our co-workers or our neighbors or our family or, to, another, or another book to give us advice. Well, Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. There's our verse, 2 Timothy 3.16. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, Let us never forget that the message of the Bible is addressed primarily to the mind, to the understanding. Quote, unquote. God spoke in words the Bible. He has us listen to words to understand them from the Bible to know Him. Okay, how to know the Bible. Let's look at that. First one is to hear it. Going back to our illustration of our hand, we need to hear it. To know, have to hear it. So we have to make ourselves available to hear it. It could be us just reading out loud and hearing our voice read it. It could be on the radio, somebody reading it. It could be an audio book, somebody reading it. It could be a sermon that's downloaded, listening somebody preach it. The idea is availability. Are we making ourselves available? Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. Hearing the message of Christ. Coming up in a later chapter in our book, we're going to have a whole section on salvation. And in that, we're going to hear that nobody is saved apart from hearing the gospel. Nobody's saved from creation. Nobody is saved from thinking they know who God is. They have to hear the gospel message. So here in our book... Romans 10, 17 is quoted. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, hearing the message of Christ. Do you remember when you first heard the gospel message? Were you a child, teenager, young adult, older adult? All the same, who's ever saved? Had to hear it sometime in our life. Whom did Jesus say? would be blessed in Luke eleven twenty eight. Those who what? Hear it and keep it. Those who hear it and keep it. Later on in our workbook, there's going to be a chapter on obedience. And the verse in that chapter is this. By this you know, if you've come to know Him, if you keep His commandments. The one who says, I've come to know Him, and doesn't keep His commandments, is what? A liar. Truth is not in Him. So we not only hear it, Jesus said we're to keep it. Do we perfectly? No. Do we as a pattern of life 
as a Christian? Yeah, more than we did previous. Whenever that time was previous. But we have convictions that non-Christians don't. That's right. Non-Christians don't have convictions of apart from being pulled in drawn by the Lord to the truth. Convictions of the truth. Have a conscience. Everybody has a conscience. And unbelievers basically over time sear their consciences with the world and the world's education and philosophies. That's 2 Corinthians 10, by the way. And the only way to deal with philosophies of the world and ideologies and education of the world is through the truth. In proclaiming the word, what should pastors, I'm going to put teachers and Christians do, not just pastors and teachers. Help people understand the word after they hear it. So do you have somebody that you are helping understand the Bible that you meet with or talk to or get a chance to visit with? Did you have someone who helped you understand the Bible in months or years gone by? So as believers, that's not just for pastors and for teachers. It's for all Christians to help them to understand the Bible. Because everybody who's saved knows more about the Bible than somebody who's not saved. Always because they have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. And they can go to the Bible as a source to get an answer they may not be able to answer at the time, but they can get there and understand it. Okay, that's number one. Uh, read it. So we hear it, and we read it. Blessed is he who reads and those who hears the words of the prophecy. And heeds the things which are written in it. For the time is near. Revelation 1.3 In your own words, what does that verse mean? Anybody have something written down? Those who read and live, live lives with Jesus and His word will be blessed. There you go. Good, Jack. That's right. Those who hear it, the, the Scriptures, those who read the Scripture and obey the Scripture will be happy, will be blessed, is what that means. And note this from that verse in your workbook, Revelation 1-3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hears the words of the prophecy and heeds the things. Notice that the responsibility is on the individual. It's on the person to read. Understanding the Bible doesn't happen by osmosis. It doesn't just jump off of the pages and just come into my thinking and your thinking. We have to work at it. We have to look at it. In 1 Timothy 4.13, to what did Paul ask Timothy to give his attention Really good. Timothy's a young disciple of Paul's, and he said this, Till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, 
and teaching or doctrine. That's for you and me. So till we die or the Lord returns, give attention to reading, exhortation to friends, and doctrine. It's really good to have friends. And it just happened to me three or four times this week. We ended up talking about some passages in Romans 7 because there were two views that were going on in Romans 7. You know, the chapter of the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. With my mind, I serve the law of God. With my flesh, the law of sin. Okay. Two views going on. Did Paul write that when he was saved? And speaking of a saved individual, or did he write that when he was saved, but went before his conversion? That was the conversation. So what's the point? 1 Timothy 4.3 says, Give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. I need, I need to dig in again. I know what I believe. But it's good for me to go back and I want to reread that again. Okay, that's, that's what you and I do. That the Bible is encouraging us as workmen not being ashamed of the truth. In your workbook, if you do not have a daily reading plan, start with the Gospel of Mark or John. At the rate of two chapters each day, you will complete the New Testament in 19 weeks. A couple thoughts on, on that. You don't have to raise your hand. But are you reading the Bible each day? Do you have a Bible reading plan? That's not said to make anybody feel guilty. Because it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think in training your own soul of the treasures that are waiting. But let me encourage you Read the Bible. Simple enough. Just read it. And this is where Bible study begins. Is with reading. And quite frankly, a lot of people never really reach that point. I don't know this to be fact. I, we haven't taken a survey or done a study of it. But it came up in two conversations at separate times about how many people in our church are on a daily Bible reading program as a percentage? Unsolicited by anybody who was in that conversation, in this conversation and that conversation. Ironically, the number was 20% at Grace Bible Church. 20% of the people are in a daily Bible reading program in our church. That's between them and the Lord. But to understand what the Bible says and not reading it, never understand it as well. In a public reading, I think there's some meaning in there. In the scriptures, in the public reading, what are you trying to say? You share the gospel or you read it yourself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what, what is to say, the, meaning? the meaning is in 
in public, but also individually of give attention to yourself for reading, give attention to yourself to encourage, give attention to yourself for doctrine. Because if, if I'm not doing that, I may stand up in public and read it and somebody says, what does that mean? I don't know, but I'm just reading it. But the point is, am I feeding my own soul? But that's a good point, Mark, because he was specifically talking about public yeah. exhortation, but it definitely applies to individuals in the privacy of their own time. Yeah? At the time, though, That's really true, and that speaks of the importance of synagogues because they would go to the synagogue and they'd hear the Old Testament read, and they'd hear it. And if they didn't show up the synagogue, then they didn't hear the Bible. But when the New Testament was read, by the time we're reading First and Second Thessalonians, the earliest New Testament book is James, so that letter of James was being circulated. Or maybe Epaphroditus got a letter from Paul to, to go back to another church in Ephesus or Philippi. But you're right, they didn't they didn't have them. But the synagogues were there. So when it says public reading, he was wanting Timothy to be that messenger yes. to the people that didn't have the couldn't it just wasn't a Bible for them, or at least for sure the New Testament. And they didn't read the Old Testament because the Synagogue clamped down on mm-hmm. it and kept it. That's right. So they could decide what the scrolls meant. Right. They didn't want you to read it and say, and we get the privilege of looking back. We have the whole canon of Scripture. We can look back. And we don't have to come to a place where somebody reads it and that's the only time we get to hear it. We get to hold it and read it and study it. Yes. Yes. 
Don't you think they were more diligent back then as far as memorizing and passing it on to their children and the stories, you know, whereas we're not really, you know? <clears throat> I do. I do. I think that that was their life. Their life was around the synagogue, learning there, and then taking the scriptures home. Um, you know, like Joshua 1.8, with data here at this, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Absolutely. So they were going, they were, being, they were hearing it, they're taking it home, and teaching their kids. I do think that. Yeah, that's good. Back to reading. Just as an encouragement to you, if you are, I want to encourage you to continue. If you're not reading the Bible, I want to encourage you to start. There's a lot in the Bible to learn, but we don't have to learn it all at once. Do your best not to be overwhelmed by, I, I need to know everything now. No. Just read it. Give yourself some time. Take care of the verses you read. Just begin and have a Bible study plan and stay with it. And give yourself 30 days to be committed to it. Because it takes generally 30 days to get into a new habit for anything. Reading a Bible, the Bible, losing weight, exercising, a new diet plan usually takes 30 days as just a general time frame to get into that habit. But my suggestion to you is every year, at least once a year, read through the entire Bible. You and I will get the full picture of what God has done is doing, and will do. And then as the Spirit of God teaches us those, those things, then you can, whoever your family and friends are, then you can tell me, here's what the Bible says. And you are a representative of the Lord. No matter where you are, you're a representative. Ambassador, 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, good. Good. It's out in the resource center. Yeah. I mean, that's where I got mine, but I've had a little while. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Are they good? Yeah. Great. That's one you can get. There's all kinds out there, but get one. Yeah. Thanks, Shirley. Yes. C.S. Lewis had a. Uh, he mentioned something somewhere that he read old and two new. And a song, and I guess there's a proverb per day to be reading. That's really good. There's a Bible reading program just like that. You read Old Testament, part of a psalm, a proverb, and New Testament. It's rich because you're kind of getting the flavor of all those because the psalms and proverbs is wisdom literature. And we're getting wisdom literature when we read those. And the Old Testament is basically who God is, how He thinks, what He does. 
and how he's going to bring Christ to fruition in the New Testament as we're seeing what Jesus said and did and the epistles are instructing us further on from his instructions. So you're getting all that in one day. That's good. It's really good. Okay. Uh, page 17. We hear it. We read it. Now we're going to study it. As we get a grip of our hand on the book. To know it even better, you need to study it. And so do I. When the Apostle Paul left Thessalonica, he came to Berea and shared the gospel with unbelieving Jews. What he found was that they were more noble than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. This is the Apostle Paul. Apart from the Lord Jesus, maybe the greatest theologian who ever lived, Moses, the greatest prophet. But he wasn't Jesus. That's right. He came and spoke and taught him. And this is the lesson for you and me. Don't always believe what you hear, including what you hear in this class. If you hear me say something, you should check it out from what the Bible says. You can ask me, do my best to answer it, but you should always check it out. Because the more that we go through this book, the more doctrines are going to come up. And you always want to search the Scriptures to see if it's so, just like the Bereans. What's the attitudes toward Bible study? From Acts 17.11, that's the verse we just read. How did the Bereans receive the word? Eagerness. Pardon me? Yeah, exactly. Willingness, eagerness. Ready to hear it. Looked forward to it. A desire to hear it. So do we? Do I? That's the attitude that this is trying to bring out into light. Am I ready to hear what's going to be taught? Am I willing for that? How should we search after wisdom or understanding? That's Proverbs 2 4. That's right. Classic verse, maybe verses you maybe you can have them underlined in Proverbs, Proverbs 2, 3 through 5. If you cry out for discernment and lift your voice up for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasure, then you'll find the wisdom of God. But I have to ask for discernment. I have to cry out for it. It says, if you cry out for discernment and lift your voice up for understanding. Seek her as silver. Search for her as hidden treasure. That would be a good verse to I have a Catholic friend who has told me that I know more than she does about the Bible. That's because I study and read it. I said, does your church encourage you to read the Bible? And like she said, no. And I said, pray for wisdom. You know, read it and pray for wisdom. But 
Yeah. Because reading the Bible, if a person isn't saved, the scripture is so powerful. It can, the Bible says in Psalm 19, restore the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul, converting the soul. So, yeah, that's right, Shirley. Ask her to read it. Ask for wisdom. Absolutely. How should we search after wisdom or understanding? Hidden treasure, like hidden treasure. I don't know how many years ago it was. I'm going to kind of date myself. 30, 35 years ago, my wife lost her wedding ring. So we retraced our steps. The kids were pretty young at the time. They retraced our steps too. We looked in the lawn. We looked in leaves we'd raked up. We looked in the trash. We looked. We searched. We didn't find it. We looked and looked and looked. I said, Kath, I think it's lost. A couple days later, our daughter comes in goes, look what I found. It was in the jewelry box. <laughs> we had been outside the whole time working and raking and cleaning our yard and she thought it came off her hand. Here's my point. We looked. We turned things over. We poured out garbage bags. We, that's the idea. To, to search is to explore. I'm looking for it. Wisdom is discernment and judgment. That's wisdom. Understanding is comprehension. It's a grasp. So I explore. I'm looking for wisdom and I want to get some, a, some comprehension of it. So I ask the Lord for it. Job 28, 28 says this. The fear of the Lord, departing from wisdom is the fear of the Lord, but understanding it is comprehension. It's one thing to get it, which is a treasure. It's another thing to comprehend it, which is true wisdom. So the Bible will come up with verses like this in Proverbs in Proverbs 23, buy the truth, do not sell it. Also, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. I mean, the Proverbs even goes so far in Proverbs 23, 23. Buy it. Get it. Go get it. Greatest treasure we have. Because it's from the Lord Himself. In your workbook, Bible study is more than just reading the Bible. It involves careful observation, interpretation, and application. Bible reading gives you the overall picture, but study helps you think, learn, and apply what you read to your life. It's hard to sit down and think, isn't it? It's just hard. There's other things I'd like to be thinking of and doing. That's why salvation is hard. 
It's hard to deny ourselves. It's hard to not to pursue my desires. It's hard not to fulfill my dreams. It's hard. And that's what the Bible teaches. That's why Jesus said in Luke 9.23, He said to them all, if anyone desires to come after Me, let him, what? Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow Me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me give you some books. Maybe you have some in your library. I'm going to run some books across for you. Maybe you can have for your own personal study. That will help uh, when you study on your own. Um, if you could get Vine's book of Old Testament and New, New Testament words, that's Vine's book of Old and New Testament words. It helps you study the meaning of biblical words in, ori- in original vocabularies. Really helpful. There's Strong's Complete Dictionary of Bible Words. You can get that, about that thick. Gives you Bible words, imputation, infralapsarianism, justification, sanctification, redemption, predestination, foreknowledge. Gives you those and much more. You can get Zondervan's Pictorial Encyclopedia of the Bible. That's a really good one. A um, little cumbersome, but if you love books, really nice to pick it up and thumb through them. That's Zondervan's Pictorial Encyclopedia of the Bible. This is one of my favorites. It's TSK, Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. That is a wealth of information in one book. It's about that thick. It's kind of the Swiss army knife of books. Uh, it, it gives us a concordance. It gives us a chain reference. It'll give us uh, topics. You know, if you want to look up topics for um, love, it'll give you a topic and list all the scriptures. It gives you that. And there's a commentary in it too. It's called the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. Now, all of these you can probably get digitally. Some of you may have them digitally. And there's so many, many more books. I'm just giving you some that are helpful. If you don't have a commentary, you can maybe you can get a commentary, a simple one is the Bible. Knowledge Commentary by John Wolverd. Two books, Old Testament, New Testament. Really good. Very, very good. He'll come from a reformed position. That helps in our study. Questions? Questions on studying before we move on? Could you repeat that last please? John? Uh, John Wolverd. He's the author. Wolverd, W-O-L-V-A-R-D. You're welcome. Memorize. D. Does the library have any of these books? Our library here? It does. I know it has the John Wolverd set. I've seen it in there. It even has John MacArthur's commentaries. You can check out. Wonderful. There's a commentary sets in there. You guys can check out. They're wonderful. They're free. You just got to check them out, put your name on, check them back in.
Swiss Army version? The TSK? I haven't seen the TSK in there, but I haven't been looking for it. We'll have to go look that up, Eric, when we're done. What do you think about listening to the scriptures? I think it's really good. Um, very good. I think it's very good. Um, that comes to an individual's how people take in information. Some people can take in the audio of that really well. I take in information better when I see it and I can look at it and reread it. That's just how my mind works, but it's excellent. Absolutely. If I do listen to it, I'm, I have to read along. Yeah. Yeah. Because my eyes have to yeah. see what's being heard. Definitely helps to have the same version too, doesn't it, Jack? Right. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. One more here, and then we, we will stop. But I want to go on memorize. Because we've looked at hear it, read it, study it, memorize it. Now we've got four fingers on it, on a grasp of the Bible. I've got the fifth. How can a young man cleanse his way? By keeping it according to thy word, thy word have I treasured in my heart or hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, 9, 11. Classic verse. Classic verses for that. A good one to memorize is Psalm 119, 9 to 11. How did God command Israel to remember His Word? Deuteronomy eleven eighteen 18a. Put them in your heart and soul. Nobody's going to do that for you and me, but us individually. Nobody's going to do it. It has to be us. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. How does he want us to remember his word? Lie down, get up, all the time, as often as possible, throughout the day. When we ask the Lord to do something for us, specifically, would you bring this first to mind today? I want to commit it to memory. Would you bring it to my mind often today? He will. Then it's a matter of, okay, brought it to my mind. What am I going to do with it? If we memorize it, it's fine. That's great. We need help to retain it. In Matthew 4, 4, 7, and 10 during the three confrontations with Satan, what did Jesus do to overcome his temptations? What did he do? He did it. He quoted Scripture. Isn't that interesting? The living Word himself quoted the written Word. Isn't that interesting? Great example for us. In Psalm 119.49, the Bible says, Remember your Word, to your servant, for you have given me hope. Lord, remember your word to me. Help me to remember it because you've given me hope. That's a good prayer. Remember me. I'm your servant. Remember the scripture that I memorized. Continuing on page 17, how might you apply this example to your own life? Well, that's, that's obvious. 
We apply Scripture to each situation best we can when we remember. Let me ask you this. How can we apply Scripture if we don't have it to memory? And we're trying to apply it to our life and to the situation. Pretty rough. Psalm 40, verse 8. We can know God's will and be happy through the knowledge of His Word. It's easier to memorize with a purpose. Understanding the meaning or application of the passage will make memorizing easier. Okay, I want to... Before we go on next week to meditate, I want to spend a few things I want to help you with memorizing Scripture. This is not in your workbook. It's going to be up on the screen. But I wanted to give you these as a help for you to help memorize. Okay? Let's just look at them together. Five helps in memorizing the Bible. And number one is basically this. It's going to help if you're not here. It won't matter. You have to be committed to it. You have to be devoted to memorize. You have to be loyal to memorize. You have to form a plan that works for you. That could be memorized once a day, same time during the day. It could be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It could be Tuesday, Thursday. It could be once a week. It could be once a month. It could Whatever works for you. Whatever the plan, make a faithful pledge and be faithful to it. Commitment is the key to memorizing Scripture. So it'll come down to this for you and me. Do I even want to memorize? Two, am I committed to memorize? So be committed to it. Memorization is temporary and limited to basic words if not understood. So understanding the information is a long-term and unlimited way of remembering In other words, information that you organize, and I'll talk a little bit more about it in a second, makes it so much easier to memorize. So much easier. We have a much easier time remembering things that we understand. If we don't understand it, we'll memorize it, and then we won't even apply it because we don't know how to comprehend it and apply it. But understand the information. Be committed to it. Okay, do I understand what it's saying? Here's an easy one. Salvation. Every Christian knows, the true believer knows, salvation is through Christ, given to the believer by faith and grace alone. They know that, or they're not saved. So if I understand that, I'm going to start looking for passages in the Bible that speak to that because I understand that. And I'm going to start writing down verses and memorizing them because the world, what? Doesn't want Jesus' offer for salvation. When he says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest, they don't want him. Or they'd come. Everybody rejects. 
But we heard it because of God's grace. We were drawn to it. John 6.44 He gave us the faith to believe that message and we wanted to come. So you'll start seeing that. It's all through the Bible. You understand that one? Maybe you could put that one to memory. I don't know. Here's another helps for you. Repeat. We remember by repeating, reiterating, replaying. Repetition with a single word or a phrase or a verse used multiple times will help emphasize a point and memory. Repetition over and over and over again. Because the world and ourselves are always vying for something else. The world is always pushing an agenda into our minds. Sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. It's always a battle for our mind. That's why having a daily Bible reading program is vital to memorization. You and I run across verses as we read an Old Testament, Psalm, Proverb, New Testament, and you're there, man, that's really good. I'm putting that to memory. But repetition is also a key. Just keep repeating it. In other words, create groups. And I don't want to get bogged down in this, but I hope this helps because this has really helped me. Group verses together that are similar with the theme for like love. Okay, John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, you also love one another. By this all will know what you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What about 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not brag, does not boast, does not act unbecoming. What about 1 John 5, 11, and 12 for salvation? Salvation is a theme. It's always a theme. Because the world is an unbelieving world. Do you have verses in your mind for salvation verses? This is a testimony that God has given us eternal life. He who has a son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. That's very clear. You have the son, you have life. You don't have Jesus, you don't have life. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Acts 4, 12, there's Salvation and no other under heaven. Remember that? There is salvation and no one else given among men by which we must be saved. It's Jesus. Or you can even study by a book. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a theme in a book you like. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.13 Till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Or 1 Timothy 2.4 and 5 God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Or 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Maybe you're looking for a theme of just a book, but you're looking for groups. You're looking for something that connects in your mind to help you remember. That's what it is. To help you. And last, this one, mnemonics. Mnemonics is basically a system or pattern of letters 
for assisting with memory. For example, through the years I would read in Ephesians the armor of God. And I'd be there, yeah, I I know what the armor of God is. And then I couldn't remember what they were. So I thought, okay, I'm going to put that to memory so I can remember because I want to remember to help the Christian life. So I came up with BBBSHS. BBBSHS. Breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, boots of the gospel, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit. Come up with mnemonics to help you with that. Or maybe the great seven I am's. Jesus said I am seven times in the book of John. Do you know what they are? You can put them to mnemonics. It could be something like blood grove. What is that? Okay. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. D, door of the sheep. He's the good shepherd. Right? He's the true vine. That's seven, the seventh one. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. What's the point? Mnemonics. Really helps in your personal study when you memorize. And then you'll find next week as we go through meditating, you'll bring it to your memory and you'll be thinking about everything from salvation to why why did you choose me for salvation to I want to tell my family about it. I'm going to tell my wife and kids and grandkids and my friends about it. And you have it up here. So memorizing Scripture gives us a better understanding of God, who He is, and His will. And when we know it, we'll obey it by God's grace through the power of the Spirit. Questions? Um, References, is that what you asked me? Repetition. I would try to tie in particular particular verses. Um, um, and so I do as I would I'd think of that I would think of that book. I go, okay, that's chapter four, verse twenty-two. Lord help me to remember. This is so good. Jeremiah 4, verse 22. And then I'd start memorizing it. Lord, would you help me to remember that? Jeremiah 4, 22. Repetition. Long time. And then when I'd learn it, I'd build off of that one. So I would go there, and then I'd go to, oh, yeah, of course, Jeremiah 1, 5. And I'd remember that verse. Oh yeah, you taught me that. So I think it's that. I'm not very bright. I just know that the Lord impressed upon me to memorize it, bring it to memory, because I didn't want somebody else telling me what to believe. Because I had that my whole life growing up, of what to believe. 
But we'll talk more about how that ties into meditating next week.